cutting edge, forward thinking, a bot magician, the future. That's what I take away from my conversation with Connor Cirillo from HubSpot. HubSpot is an inbound marketing software solution helping companies generate leads. They're a public company with a market cap of nearly $6 billion, revenues, revenues in excess of $440 million and over 1,500 employees. But of all these hires, Connor Cirillo is the first conversational marketing hire. This multi-billion dollar company has pinned Connor as the leader of where the future of marketing is going. And the background warrants such an opportunity. From being a growth marketer to a product manager and to a founder, Connor has the chops to bring in the future of marketing. And he's a futurist that sees where the trends are going and is able to help companies understand how to be better at reaching and attracting and ultimately communicating with their ideal client. Not only will you learn about the future today, you'll learn what it will take to be a part of the future in a big way as we discuss how you will market to your future clients. Sit down for this conversation as it will push the limits of what you have ever imagined is possible for our future. This is Bridging the Gap with your host, Matt Reiner. Connor Cirillo, great to have you on Bridging the Gap, man. Thank you for joining us from Boston. Yeah, Matt, thanks for having me. This is, uh, I've been looking forward to this one. Well, I appreciate it. And I, uh, we talked about it a little bit earlier, but I hope we can make it through this in a, in a good way because you're a U of A guy. Uh, I'm an ASU guy. I mean, the hatred isn't as bad as in the South, but uh, I know that there's a little bit of back and forth. That's all right. I think there's going to be some uh, healthy animosity, but uh, you know, we'll make it through as long as we know really who has the best basketball team at the end of the day. <laughs> yeah, I mean, considering it's football season, uh, we'll, we'll always look towards basketball. Yeah. <laughs> um, and also, now, this was something interesting that we were talking about is John Cena, who hosted the ESPYs, uh, I think just last year uh, or a couple years ago. Now, you have some history with, uh, with Cena, maybe in a different ring than he's usually in. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that once you have the opportunity to take down a champion, you really got to make the most of that. I happened to be uh, in the Charlotte airport, shout out CLT, uh, and I saw John Cena, TSA, and I walked up and said, hey, man, can I get a picture? And he said, only if you beat me in rock, paper, scissors. And that was kind of an obscure way to come back, but right, you got to... You got to roll with it, got to throw a rock, and needless to say, I have that picture. That is awesome. So what was the winning What was the winning selection, rock, paper, or scissors? I doubled down on rock. I, I think there's some kind of wrestling analogy to be made there, but I rolled <laughs> with the rock you know, two times in a row, and that ended up helping me come out on top. Yeah, the rock, the rock is somewhat you know infamous across all things. Now he's in TV, he's in movies, wrestling, so you got to go with the rock. And I'm I'm surprised Cena let you lose or beat him with that. He should have known better. Um, and, and, I, and I guess celebrity for you doesn't end there with Cena, with John Cena, because uh, there's another celebrity influence that you now have permanently uh, on your body forever. Yeah, uh, the long story short with that is I've been a big Drake fan for, for quite some time. And our CEO at HubSpot, Brian Halligan, is a notorious Grateful Dead super fan. And I uh, would like to put myself in that same category with Drake. I do have a Drake tattoo 
uh, not of him, but of the Drake logo. And, uh, you know, I, I think he's a big part of my life. And, uh, you know, he's a great musician. Now, does your CEO have a tattoo of the Grateful Dead uh, uh, as well? or? You know, I don't think anyone's ever asked him. At least I haven't. But, Brian, if you're listening to this, I would really love to know. You should slack me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, good. Uh, Drake is on your body forever, which is always interesting. So good luck with that. I, I It's at least it's good. It's a good one to have, right? I, I think you'll be okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, let's get into this. I, I, you know, I love what y'all are doing at HubSpot. We've uh, used your solution for a while uh, on the email marketing side, but really, where I want to take this conversation is the innovation that you're really heading up on the conversational marketing side, and I, I, I truly do believe that this is the future uh, in terms of how people are going to market. Can you just take a second to explain to everybody what is conversational marketing? Yeah, uh, that's a that's a very fair question to lead off with. The way I think about it, it's about building one to one relationships with your people and and doing that where it feels natural for them. In in the world of marketing past and marketing yonder, we basically told people email is going to be the place that you go to interact with us. But I can tell you, as a pretty tech savvy consumer, I talk to my friends and family in a lot of other places. I'm using messaging platforms like Messenger, WhatsApp, SMS. I like live chat sometimes, and really this conversational marketing thing is about how businesses can make that shift too and meet their prospects where they spend their time. And once they do that, it's about building a real relationship with them and not treating them as inputs and outputs and leads and customers and really trying to boil it down like that. It's focusing on answering those questions and being a human. Being human is really what it comes down to. And I think we've got away from that as businesses and this kind of conversational marketing and communication shift is really going to help businesses get back to that. Having those one-to-one relationships, being authentic, and really helping their prospects succeed in a really natural way. It's this kind of new era of relationships that I'm really excited for. Yeah, and I think I think you, you nailed it in terms of we got away from it and, and, and to really build strong relationships. And within the financial advisory world, that is the biggest thing, right? We're dealing with people's money. And we want to make sure that we enha- we enhance that relationship, and 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 what's kind of crazy about it is that conversational marketing is helping to enhance that and make it better, uh, but advisors are um, kind of slow to adopt technology because they think it's going to hurt the relationship. How are people using conversational marketing today? We're going to get to the future, but how are they using it today? Yeah. You can see it through the marketing, the sales, and the service really cycle and and flywheel of a relationship. But it it starts with being available for people. I think something that advisors makes a lot of sense is like just being reachable. It's something that sounds so easy and like it sounds so simple. But I think for a lot of advisors, your clients and your customers, right, maybe wouldn't really want to jump on a phone call always. But just being there to answer a quick question or to set up a next meeting through a messaging interface, just being more accessible. That's really the thing that I'm seeing a lot of businesses do. There's some more tactical, narrow things like generating leads better, nurturing in a more human way. And those things are great. I know we'll get to them later. But really what it comes down to is the businesses that do this well are making sure that their brand and their employees and their company, uh, it's as frictionless to get in touch with them as it is anyone else that your prospect may have in their lives. Making it that easy really has outpaced and out, outsized returns. And, and and that gets into another point. We're going to go off a little bit of, of these questions, but a conversational marketing, using this as a tool, 
How are people using it as a tool? Is it is it all via text based? Is it on your website? Uh, you know, there's companies out there like Drift and like what y'all are doing at HubSpot that have it as a widget and intercom. Where where in that spectrum is conversational marketing being most effective for companies? Yeah, so it comes down to where do your prospects hang out? I think that's the first question that any business that really wants to get into the space needs to ask themselves. Honestly, is who are our prospects and where do they like to be? Uh, if you maybe have a younger skewing demographic, places like Facebook Messenger might make a lot of sense. Uh, if you have a lot of web traffic already, then making a direct line of communication to your company through like on-site live chat or chatbots on your site, uh, that can make a lot of sense too. I really love this big macro shift of just moving towards messaging as a whole and making that the more the most common way that people really want to get in touch. If I have people that call me, like there better be a good reason. Otherwise, you should just shoot me a text. And I think we're, we're starting to expect that with businesses too. Meet you where I am, wherever that might be, uh, and, and kind of be available in all the ways I need you to. Yeah. The message platforms themselves, you have things like Messenger, WhatsApp, SMS. Those are the cornerstone places that a lot of people go to reach everyone they care about. In markets like Brazil and India, like it's WhatsApp and that's it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and businesses who can be there too in those markets and know where, again, where their audience hangs out. Uh, it, it is just such a cool new line of communication right to your prospect. And being the futurist that you are, I mean, and, and we've we've seen it in our industry as well, but is, is the worry that conversational marketing being via your Facebook Messenger, via WhatsApp, via text message, that because and let me let me preface this with email. I think the problem with email is that we get so many of them and it becomes over consuming that it's just not effective and you have cluttering. Do we see that that's going to be a, a challenge that as a conversational marketing you know focus is going to have to overcome? Because if I'm just getting out text messages from everybody, it's just going to be the next email. Uh, talk to me. Let's talk to me about that in, in terms of the future. I know we're way far away from that, but is that the worry? The the platforms that are really powering and kind of being the conduit for the shift. Facebook's a perfect example, biggest player in the space from a platform side, owning Messenger and WhatsApp. They've put good measures in place to make sure that this doesn't turn into an outbound kind of spammy channel. Perfect example, on Facebook Messenger, there's no such thing as a cold message. Hmm. People can only talk to your business and only get into these experiences if you make something that's worth them clicking on and starting that conversation. And we have some legal kind of... um, legal things with SMS too that makes it kind of the same way where this is not an outbound channel and that is that makes that importance of inbound marketing exponentially more true here you have to create value and get people in that way there's not this kind of like there's no pop-up ads with messaging like this is a inbound specific channel uh, and that really is what's going to help protect this from kind of getting out of hand the companies that do this well maybe with email you kind of were looking at your funnel of, well, if I just send more emails, some percentage will click and I'll be good. Uh, I don't think that's the same case with messaging, with with conversational marketing. Our messaging inboxes are so delicate to us and so intimate to us. That's, again, the place where I could have my closest friends and family shooting me a message. And if a business is going to send something to, it better be relevant. It better be contextual to who I am. Uh, and it better be personalized. And brands who can do that, it's not about the quantity you're going to send, but it's about the quality of those relationships, so whatever whatever amount of messages it takes to build. Uh, we do have to be careful as a space that people don't abuse these platforms and this kind of direct line to the customer, but over time, 
I do think we will reach this expectation, and we already kind of see it, of be smart with how you're using this. With great power comes great responsibility. With great open rates comes great responsibility. Yeah, right. And I, and I, and it, it's interesting to me that HubSpot is taking such a lead on this, given that you know from an outsider's perspective, it was built around email, and you guys are getting ahead of the curve, not just sticking to your ways. And it goes to kind of a quote that I use in in, in my conversations a lot: is that uh, complacency will is what will do you in. It's not fear or anything of that nature. It's complacency, and that y'all aren't, and that y'all are leading that way of saying this is we're going to create the we're going to establish the the infrastructure uh, from that. So with that being said. What does it take uh, to be really effective at utilizing a uh, a conversational marketing tool, right? I think that advisors are always hesitant because implementing technology takes time. And so walk us through what it would take to be uh, effective using of a, mar- of a conversational marketing tool. The first thing I would tell people to do is take a step back and really think about the problem that you want to solve. When you're trying to put any new tech into your business, right, not wanting to go zero to 100 too quickly and really kind of bite off more than you can chew. That's always good advice, but I think it's especially true here. This conversational marketing, these channels and these platforms and these tools like are really, really good, but you have to be deliberate about what you want to accomplish with it. Starting with small tests and understanding, okay, we think people that come to our pricing page may need a little bit more help and may have some questions. Try to use all the data points you have uh, to try to put those things together and start rolling out small tests over time. What I see all too often is brands think they have to go from zero to how 9,000, right, in a week. And they have to build all this crazy functionality that, that answers every question, but you don't know enough yet to know what to do. So what I tell brands and companies that I work with is focus on solving one problem really, really well. Find the one thread of questions that your advisors are going, wait a minute, I keep hearing the same thing people keep asking me or, well, everyone wants to hear this next piece of information. Try to use the data you can to figure out what's the next step and like what would be that normal conversation, that natural conversation that you would probably have in person and start there. Mm-hmm. It, it definitely is something you'll test into over time. The other way, the most overlooked way to be successful is actually to listen. It's not just about talking and having those conversations, but it's about actively listening to your users too. What's super cool about chat is that when you get someone saying something to you, you have it in their own words. They'll tell you what they want to do. They will tell you the question they have. If you're only looking at website analytics and you're looking at where people click and what they do next, you have some idea, but you're making a lot of guesses. What I love so much is these chat transcripts are gold mines. You'll hear what your prospects want, and that makes it easy to build that roadmap of, oh, well, a lot of people are asking us about this today. Uh, you know, we should solve that for them. Right. And I, and you know, you make a good point and, and this kind of leads into some of the other questions, but is, you know, an effective usage of a conversational marketing tool isn't like a, well, it's not what everybody assumes technology in general is about. You don't just go and purchase it and put it on your site and use it and just let it go. The, 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 the winners that use this tool are consistently iterating and using it to continuously solve challenges. And I think that is the biggest biggest aspect of making this be effective for you. And so for, for the companies that you work with, how often are you having conversations with people in that company? And who are those people that you're having conversations with? Is this something that advisors need to kind of really grow on and say, you're going to need to have someone that's manning this all the time? Um, or if we're only solving one problem, can it be you know 20% of your time to just get the ball rolling? 
Yeah, I think especially if you're starting with a small team and you're starting with a few tests in a few places, like once a week expectation may even be like that's realistic, but it has to be something that you should be able to commit to is that once a week you'll look at kind of spot check some of the transcripts that come in and figure out are there patterns or other like trends you're starting to notice. Uh, Yes, if you have the resources, having dedicated software that can help you kind of mine these and surface like the popular words like in a perfect world, that's great. But I know for a lot of small teams, that the resources just aren't there. Uh, and if you have a human who can go look at those and kind of qualitatively understand the stuff that they're seeing, I think that's good enough um, for a start. But there are dedicated tools and there's a lot of cool underlying technologies like natural language processing that is really good at saying, hey, I noticed 30 people asked about resetting their password or setting up a meeting and can help you kind of figure out those questions sooner. But there's nothing wrong with being a person combing through those. I like to call it, when I pilot something new, I call it being the puppeteer. And you actually kind of outline the conversation that you're going to want to have with with your prospects and sit behind the live chat window and have that a few times and figure out, is this actually what's going to feel right? Uh, Do prospects get what I'm trying to have them do? And and if you can kind of iterate on that pretty quickly, you will get into a much better place with having the right conversation that delivers that right info at the right time in the right place. It, it really is a little bit of effort goes a long way here. Right. It, it's the, I always, it, I always say it's the exponential return that advisors are always looking for. You put in the investment up front and you get an exponential return in the back end. It, you, you mentioned a word in there that I'm sure a lot of people aren't familiar with, or it was three words, natural language processing, NLP. Can you just elaborate on that, what that is? Uh, because I think that the terminology of artificial intelligence is thrown around like it's just, you know, it's, it's like, yeah. it's like the, how, how popular like cauliflower is these days. Like everybody wants cauliflower, <laughs> pizza, whatever it is. Talk, yeah. talk to us about natural language processing and what it is. Yeah, so natural language processing, the short of it is computers have gotten really good at reading words. And they've gotten good at understanding, well, not just what are people saying, but like, what might they want to do with that? Are they happy or sad when they say these words? And natural language processing, I would say kind of in its purest form is just being able to categorize and analyze the things that people are saying in their own words and try to bucket that uh, according to maybe popular topics people want to talk about or maybe how happy or sad they are when they say those things. And that is a little bit more advanced. By no means do you have to be using NLP or natural language processing stuff to be successful. With these, but as you get more mature and more confident with your strategies, those might be the kinds of tools that you look to bring into your fold uh, over time. But again, humans are still really good at having conversations and being able to look at those yourself are fine. You don't need artificial intelligence. You don't need machine learning to really get going with this stuff. I do think uh, companies in the media have done a poor job of really setting the stage and setting expectations for what businesses do and don't need and how hard it is to get access to those tools. You don't need any of this crazy tech to start having conversations today. You already have conversations with your friends. This is now just opening it up uh, for your business a little bit too. Mm-hmm. I think that's a really great point. And, and, and you're now interacting with your clients. Like you said multiple times in this conversation, you're interacting with your clients the same way that your clients interact with their friends and their family. And for you not to believe that they're already texting people is silly. They're already confirming dental and doctor appointments via text messaging. So they're comfortable with that. Um, 
and you're in an interesting seat. You're in one of, in an extremely large company that has done a great job of servicing people and helping them market to both prospects and clients more effectively. And HubSpot is a tool that has so many different features, right? From email marketing, just traditional, to landing pages, now conversational marketing. And you've seen companies use your tools to the most, to the, the highest potential, and then you've seen them not get the full potential out of it. I want to focus on the people that aren't getting the full potential out of out of technologies like like HubSpot. What yeah. what are they? Why are they not getting the full potential? And what can companies learn from those that group of clients to ensure that they do get the full potential of technology? Yeah, I think from a don't be afraid to ask questions, I think, is the thing that I see and I would offer most tactically. Like, there are this conversational marketing thing can feel like a lot. And I, I'm focusing on that just because I know that is like the newest realm of this stuff. But um, there are a lot of good forms and help communities and stuff out there that if you have questions on this stuff, someone else probably does too. So, the most tactical thing I'd say is like, don't be afraid to go raise your hand and ask. This is a new world for a lot of people, and there are definitely other folks who are willing to help. Uh, once you're in these tools, though, the reason I think a lot of people don't end up becoming those crazy power users is they're, they they don't set it up in the right way in terms of they're not really starting with a simple test and trying to solve a simple problem, iterating from there. I have, I've seen plenty of people who go, great, we're going to do conversational marketing and that's going to be our whole business now. And they're not really taking the time and doing the experiments and learning from their users of like, what do they actually need to make that possible? And it comes back to start with solving a real problem. Start with having one really good conversation, and over there, it will like over that process, it will open your eyes to well, what other kinds of conversations can we have? What things should have a human, and what things should be automated? And the only way to get there is really to iterate and test on this stuff. And it, it won't take too many tests before you really start to get the mindset shift of oh, this maybe isn't all that crazy from what I've been doing before, or drastically different. This is just kind of a new twist on it. Instead of sending an email and knowing I'll get one back in three days, well, what if I got that reply in a few seconds? And understanding that and getting more comfortable with that comes as a function of not being afraid to try stuff uh, and making sure you set good expectations with where you're going to start and where you might go with this space. But uh, these tools definitely are getting better every day, and it's not just HubSpot. Plenty of tools are in this space are evolving and growing, but the best thing you can do as a business uh, is to start small find a good problem that's worth solving and iterate from there. And that's, I guess I'd say that's true across all of these tools channels. Yeah. And I think you make a good point there on twofold because it's one side of it. It says that, uh, I think that advisors or anybody with technology thinks that it should solve it right away. And the thing is, is that it, it's not going to be perfect the first time and you got, but the only way that you're going to learn is by getting it out into the hands of your clients, letting them tell you what's working, what's not, and then iterating from there. And, and the idea of starting small, I mean, who has ever kind of uh, set out for a task and just said, you know, for instance, I want to go build a social media following. You're not going to accomplish that unless you have tactical small steps uh, yeah. to get there. And it's the same thing with this technology. I, I, I love that point. Uh, solve one specific, very specific problem and then iterate from there. I think that that's a great advice. Um, I, I want to kind of move into the, the really the last point I want to talk about on conversational marketing to really kind of bring everything together. Answer these two questions. Why is it so effective? One. And then let's go on the other side of the coin or on the other side of the spectrum and say, what are the challenges still with conversational marketing today? To start with why it works well, it's because that's 
the most intimate, our inbox is the most intimate thing we have in terms of messaging. That's where I go to hear from my friends, my family, my loved ones. And so I'm trained and we all have kind of have been trained in our lizard brains to like read our text messages. I challenge any one of you listening to this right now, what was the last text message you didn't read? Hmm. You don't have to respond to all of them, but you probably have read almost all of them. And that really is powerful. We have built this behavior of, in this world, I'm going to read all my messages versus my email, where I have actually learned to distance myself from email. And while email's not dead, it's good for certain kinds of communication. Uh, and you can use email in your conversational marketing strategy. I don't wake up like, and I'm super pumped to check my email in the morning because Banana Republic sent me a new coupon, right? Like <laughs> the email channels and that kind of stuff has lost its luster. People, I think, have really learned to distance themselves from that's where I go to talk to people versus that's where I only expect to hear from businesses. Uh, and I, I think it's an excitement shift of people are more excited to hear from their friends and family and businesses who can tastefully weave in what they're doing uh, to that world, like messaging and other conversational stuff. That's where they're going to win. Mm -hmm. Now, why it doesn't work? It doesn't work when companies kind of rush into it. And again, that's true with anything. But saying, we're going to build a crazy virtual assistant that does everything, and I already know what you already want to hear. Like When companies make too many assumptions, and they start too big, and they roll it out too fast, and they don't listen enough, that's where you see problems. That's where users go, wait, that's actually not the question at all that I was trying to have answered or why won't you let me talk to a human? There are there are plenty of cases where big blue chip companies really think that they know how to roll this out and, and they don't need to listen to anyone else. And oops, they don't really actually solve the problems their users care about. Mm. And that's, yeah, that honestly, it's the biggest thing. It's just going too fast. It seems great. And I think the other biggest part of it is setting clear expectations. If you're going to solve one problem really, really well, you should make that clear. In, in a lot of the bots that I work with and build, they say, I'm a bot. I can help you download this ebook or I can help you get support, you know, help. Whatever the case is, like making sure that's clear actually really helps frame the conversation in people's minds. If you just say, what can I help with? I might expect the user to say a whole bunch of stuff that really may not be all that relevant to my business or to the capability of my tools. But if you can narrow the ask of, hey, I'm here to help you do X, Y, and Z. I'm not good at ABC. If you need help, go here. Whatever the case is, making that clear to people, I think would a lot of people would be surprised the conversion rates and the kinds of conversations you'll see get better when you just set those expectations early on with users. And I don't think enough companies do that, uh, which is another place where it goes bad. And I think that you know the, the, the idea of the leading question, right? How do you figure out how to make the question uh, leading enough to where the individual knows what you're asking, as opposed to making it so open ended, because those are when the client or the device or the the end user gets confused, and then they just sit on their hands and they don't do anything. the 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 structure of having a leading question and trying to take a complex question and making it to where there's really only a yes or no answer, even though your bot is only doing yes or no, the the skill that that takes is really, really. I mean, that's a huge skill right there. Right. And the, and the idea that you mentioned as well of being open, like let them know that this is a digital assistant. Don't try to make them feel that it's a human being. The moment you do that, now you've lost trust because right. your client's like, you're lying to me. Right. And I wanted, you, you, made, you touched on a great point of like that. What's the question you need to ask? What are the coolest tests we've run to date at HubSpot is we have live chat all over our website and people can kind of say whatever to us. 
And what we did was instead of just letting them say whatever, we actually found the few questions that they were probably going to have. And we had a bot that surfaced multiple choice options of like, do you need help with a product you're already using? Do you want to talk about a new product or do you need something else? And just by offering those multiple choice questions as the first thing people could do, we saw the engagement more than double of like the amount of people that actually said hi to us or did anything after that. When you remove that friction of what's the first thing I should say, people will engage at a crazy high rate. This is true with not just business, but like there's a good analog in dating here of like, oh, I'm excited about someone. Well, what should I say first, right? Yeah. And if you can remove that anxiety for people and make it just seamless to say that first thing and get the ball really rolling, uh, that is so powerful. And I would challenge every company, as you think about this stuff, what's the one question you'd want to ask and have people kind of qualify themselves on on any page on your site? It, it really can do so much for your funnel. It's the inertia factor. Just get them going and, and that's all. And then they start interacting. Don't make them question or have questions on what they need to do next. Make it as simple. It's the Why? kiss method. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. All right. Well, I want to move into the 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 my my favorite section of the, of, of the show, the cheesy section. Uh, given we talk with financial advisors, that's who this podcast is for, the financial service professionals. Uh, we had to have some market idea in there and so buy sell is my cheesy game uh to to loop that in uh for financial advisors basically i'm gonna ask you four questions you say uh that you want to buy it if it is something that you believe in um and then sell if it's something that you don't necessarily believe in and we can chat about it for a little bit all right you cool with it good with that all right buy sell all right let's go with the first one buy or sell Greater than 75% of websites will have a chatbot on them seven years from now. Yeah, I'm buying that. I, I do think that this conversational shift is so big and it really is the biggest paradigm shift we've had since like mobile phones really came out in, I don't know, 2007, 2008 and started getting big. People want a direct line to your business. People want to engage with you in a natural way. I feel strongly that businesses will have some kind of chat component. It might be automated, it might be a person, it might be a combo of both, but having that way to get in in touch with a company, which feels natural, that's big. Here, a, a way that I back that up is if you look at Facebook and what they're doing to business accounts and business pages, if you go to most business pages now, that like send to messenger button or like chat with us on messenger, that button is like front and center and they're rolling out that out to so many millions and millions of business pages. Facebook knows that that shift is coming and they've like retooled their entire business strategy of how they serve companies to revolve around messaging. Those points lead me to believe that this is this is not just a flash in the pan. This is a huge thing here to stay. Yeah, and I, uh, I, I agree with that. So companies, if you're out there listening and you don't have any chat feature on your website, you got six years and 11 months to get that going. So just to, to, not, to be part of the good side of stat. <laughs> uh, all right, buy, sell. Conversational marketing tools, i.e. chatbots, etc., are going to replace call centers as we know them in the next seven years. Buy. People don't want to wait on hold 45 minutes with Bank of America to enter in their account details three times. Hi, that happened to me yesterday, right? Like there, there is... People don't really want to call all that much anymore, especially as you go younger on the demographic kind of chain. Uh, and our tolerance for not getting the right answer the first time is lower than ever. I don't think call centers are going to be the primary way people get in touch. 
yes, there's going to be some necessary cases where it makes sense or for some demographics, maybe they prefer that. But by and large, you can have people that are so much more efficient at taking chats than you can at calls. You can have one call at a time. Realistically, you can handle three chats and like still have a great quality conversations. Uh, not only from an experience side is it better, but also from an operational side. Like it, it's better if your agents can handle chats too. Yeah, if you can go from having one to one to three to one, then now your your capacity and your efficiencies are you know Crazy. skyrocketing. Yeah. Um, all right, buy sell. One of the hottest in demand positions for companies in ten years will be a conversationalist for conversational marketing tools. I buy on that. I buy on that with the asterisk of I think the titles and the pads into getting into conversational communications and marketing may not be as traditional as we expect. If we really boil down what conversational marketing is, it's being able to know how to talk to someone. And there's a lot of good backgrounds that actually may lend itself to people who know how to make interactions that are really good and have good conversations. UX designers make a lot of sense here. You have something obscure like screenwriters. This is something that I see a lot of good companies that are embracing virtual assistants and chatbots do is they'll actually go to Broadway and they'll hire screenwriters who know how to literally write a conversation and make that really good. Mm. I do think this, you will want conversational lists of people who know how to really read a situation and go, what would a conversational, what would a conversation kind of feel like here? Uh, yes, I, I do think that's going to be a huge function, but the pads of how people will get there uh, will be pretty interesting. I think you will have a lot of non-traditional kind of fields that people overlook, like, I don't know, anthropologists and kind of behavioral psychologists who go, look, I know how people work and I can go apply that to a business setting. I do think uh, it's going to look interesting, but it will bring more diverse thoughts and backgrounds into the field, which is always a good thing. Yeah, that is interesting. And it seems on the surface that that's a great opportunity for the gig economy, right? I can go be a screenwriter and write conversations for this company that has a conversational marketing tool. Yeah. I mean, that's, a, that's a gold mine for that. All right, last one. So far, we're three for three. You're, you're a big bull right now uh, in, the, in the market. You're buying everything, no matter how high the market is. Buy or sell, more than 50% of clients older than 50 years old would be open to communicating to some extent with their service providers via text message bot. I'm going to buck my trend here a little bit. I'm going to sell that one, but wow. for a reason expect. What we found through a lot of our research at HubSpot has been that people actually don't really know what they want. When we say, hey, would you ever download an ebook through Facebook Messenger? People are like, I I've never done that before, so probably not. I don't know. But then we look at the performance of our campaigns and we're generating cheaper leads that have better engagement and people are overall happier. We find that a lot of people, this whole messaging thing and this whole conversational thing is so new for so many people, they probably haven't been exposed to a service provider willing to talk to them through SMS. And they go, whoa, now that the first, now that someone's done it with me, I, I can't imagine life without it. Uh, so I think a lot of people now say might say no because they really don't know how good it can be. They don't see that greener pasture of you don't have to wait on hold anymore. I think there's a lot of that, that over time, if you, when we do this again in a year or two years, right? I think that number will be a lot higher than 50% once people realize how good this feels. Yeah, and it kind of goes back to my, my one of my favorite quotes by Henry Ford. If you ask people what they want, they'd say a faster horse. 
They didn't right. know that the car was was a possibility. And so Absolutely. he went out and built the car. Um, all right. Well, buy or sell. You're still. I'm still considering you in the bull camp. Uh, you're buying conversational marketing. I hope you would be considering <laughs> you are leading the charge there at HubSpot. I want to give you some time, 90 seconds, uh, to give the listeners one item that they can execute on today and push their firms forward. And to help kind of uh, formulate your thought, I want to lead with this question. What is the one thing that a financial advisor can do today to be a part of the wave that is happening with regards to conversational marketing tools and strategies? I'll let it, leave it up to you. You got it. You need to look and you need to listen. Financial advisors, this is the time that you can embrace this shift and get ahead of the curve to start building those relationships in a better way. It's okay that you may not have done this before, but if you know how to listen to what your clients and your prospects are saying and know how to understand what are the things that I can probably help them solve for themselves or make that a better conversation, really those kinds of relationships, that's going to help you win in the long term. I think of how much referrals and word of mouth matters these days. People will refer and talk to their friends about good experiences. You may not remember what people said, but you know they remember how you made them feel, I think the quote goes. And if you can build those real relationships with your prospects and your clients and understand how to do that in a natural way, there is like crazy outsized returns as you look more long-term with this. I love it. And for my closing thought, Tom Nally is the president of TD Ameritrade. He holds a high position and impacts a great deal within the financial advisory industry. He's seen a thing or two, I'd say. But a recent story, story he wrote showed that he's not only a leader, an impactful figure, but a needed visionary within the financial advisory industry. He talked about innovations in the future and how he, and inevitably TD Ameritrade, see the future of technology. A lot of this was around communication. Two points he made. One, communication methods thought to be revolutionary a few years ago are now commonplace, like making appointments online or via text. Just look to your dentist or doctor to see this in action. And the second thing is, is that virtual assistants and chatbots will be used to help beyond scheduling and actually helping you with basic questions. He never mentioned that technology or chatbots will replace humans. Rather, they will make us more efficient, more valued, and ultimately more engaged. Chatbot technology will not replace the emotional and psychological needs of our clients, but it will create a more valuable digital experience for our clients and make our lives easier, which means we can impact more families. Chatbots sound futuristic and Terminator-esque, but they are real. They're valuable, and if we don't look at finding ways to implement them into our firms to better communicate, then we may start seeing our clients terminating their relationships for advisors that have adopted these tools. That's another episode of Bridging the Gap. I want to thank again Connor Cirillo from HubSpot for joining us and giving us some amazing commentary on uh, communication, chatbots, uh, and the future of how people are going to interact with their service providers. So thank you to the listeners. Thank you again uh, for your time. And we look forward to having you listen to us again next week.